We do just want to thank you, everybody. That we can't say it enough, just in words. Thank you all for your support and your prayer and your love. It truly does change lives, and it helps send us. And we had some really awesome encounters while we were um, while we were there. And so we just we do really just want to thank you, and we just give you another hand. We couldn't do it without a church body like yours. Um, obviously we can't talk about every single picture, so we just tried to put up there so you could see and get a taste for what we did while we were there. Um, those pictures you saw of the guys working, that was insane. We were told, hey, we're going to go dig some holes today. And so the guys were like, okay. So they got their work boots on and they just go. And then they got there and it was, no, we're digging trenches, like trenches and I wasn't even there but I've seen a lot more pictures that we have at home and there's like huge boulders that they had to take out and like breaking with pickaxes and cool story is um the man that Ben works with his name is Delfino Delfino is an elderly gentleman I think he's 70 something 72 he's been in a masonry a masonry he's in mason ah jeez that stuff. He's been doing that all his life. It works incredibly hard all the time. I mean, um, those men, they just work really hard. If you've ever encountered an elderly Mexican man, they've normally worked their whole entire life extremely hard. And so, um, Ben usually takes crews to work with him to do stuff that they need to get done. And Ben has told, had told us he doesn't particularly enjoy working with other people or American teenagers. And uh, he doesn't usually have a very good time, or he's like, just stop, I'll do it myself, kind of a thing. Um, well, I guess after the guys were done that day, Delfino came to Ben and said, I will take these guys any day. He enjoyed himself, and he was so, so crazy impressed that they got done what they did, and um, rightfully so. We have some very hardworking, intelligent men, so... It saved Ben. It saved the church a thousand dollars. What they did, for, just from two days of digging little holes. Yeah, so that's awesome. Anyway, uh, while we were praying, we really were like, you know, God, we don't. There's not time for every single person to come and tell about, and we don't want to do that to you. If you want to hear about the trip, come find these kids. They will tell you stuff about it. Obviously, you can tell there's lots of things up there that made us laugh because we were there and we remember, oh, I know what was happening in that moment. Um, but it, so you can come talk to them. But we were like, you know, Lord, who do you want to speak? Who do you want to have something to say? And so um, first with a small message we have for you, Miguel Munoz who almost got left in Mexico. That's a long story. <laughs> Miguel and I were almost in Mexico for another month eating tacos and stuff, but it wouldn't have been. No work, no school, you know, tacos endlessly. Anyway, I want Miguel to share with you what's on his heart. Um, Caleb and I, we really, truly love Miguel and everybody else. Um, but Miguel, there's just stuff on this trip that Miguel was doing. And Caleb and I were like, who, who is this? It's like, we need to see your passport, sir. Cause like, it was just like, Jesus was just all over him and coming out in a way that we'd never seen before. And so we just want him to share the fire that he has inside with you in English. Okay. I do apologize. I am congested. So if I sound funny, that's why. Um, the trip was awesome. It was great. Um, if I could, I'd do it again. I mean, tomorrow it was fun. So I guess, uh, the word I have, I was going to procrastinate and just like 
do it Saturday night, but then I was like, okay, I better not, because that's, that's not going to turn out good. So, <laughs> so I stayed up Thursday night, and I came up with a word, and so hopefully y'all can receive it. So I'm going to start by reading uh, Romans 1, 19 through 25. Um, so if y'all want to turn there. And so let me find... So... They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy worthy of eternal praise. Amen. So basically, this is a representation of what life is like without God. When we don't have God in our lives, we take everything and we pervert it. We just distort everything that is true about ourselves. We don't accept the truth. We accept a lie when we're apart from God. But on the bright side, God, you know, sends people into our lives to, you know, bring us out of where we are. Like, you're never stuck in a situation eternally. You can be lifted out of that situation, but you have to allow God to let you lift, you know, be lifted from that situation. So, um, Romans 16 and 17, it says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So we start out as sinners, you know, all of us are sinners, but we can all come to God. All you have to do is have faith. If you have faith... God will accept you. All you have to do is just believe and have faith. And, it's, I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, you think it's hard, but we often overcomplicate things, you know, and we just think, well, God doesn't want me, but God does want you. So, and then, uh, so basically, you know, the power of the good news is the good news itself. You don't have to rely upon any internal power. God has imbued the word with a power, you know, that we can't even understand, you know. So, all we have to do is read it, believe it, and live it, and it's as simple as that. Um, so, we're made righteous by here. You know, we're made righteous through faith. First, we have to hear the good news, and then we're just made righteous by faith. Um, so, God knows you unlike anyone else can. You don't have to be worried by the troubles, you know, and trials and of the world because God knows you. And he's got your back. I mean, you sometimes feel like you're alone, but God has your back. He's got your best interest in mind. So, and then, so, let's see. I think I'm going to go to Romans 5, 1 through 11. 
says, Therefore, since we have made, been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. So we're privileged with God. You know, we have privileges. We got benefits. You know, we're like the VIP people when we're with God. So... We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly hopeless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. So nothing God does is by chance. Everything that he does has been planned every step has been planned out. It's not by chance. It's not God just walked up to you, you know, you're desolate, you're broken, you're in the street. God comes up to you meaningfully. He has a purpose for your life. Um, So now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. So you don't have to worry. God's not your enemy. He's your friend. You know, he's declared himself your friend. So I would accept that. Don't, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. It's a bad idea. Um, so, and then, so our lives, you know, apart from God, why wouldn't we want God? Our lives are, you know, kind of messed up, jacked up, crazy. And let me tell you, you can't run your own life. You just can't. It does not work out. It turns out bad. God wants to lead you in a meaningful path. He gives you purpose. You know, your life kind of is hopeless. I mean, apart from God, life has no purpose. I've often thought to myself, you know, why is life worth living? It's not apart from God. You know, life really isn't worth living. Don't give, don't give up on God because God never gave up on you. So, and... So, I think Romans 8, 1 and 2. So, now there is no condemnation for those belonging to Christ Jesus, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So, if you come to God, you won't be condemned, and you're freed from all sin. So, you no longer have to bear, you know, the weight and the oppression of the world because God lifted that from you. So... No condemnation. Um, And then, you know, you may be saying to yourself, well, God doesn't want me. I can't be saved by God. He doesn't know what I've done. God It says that God knit me together in my mother's womb. God knows every secret. I mean, you know, it's kind of scary sometimes when you realize that God, there's nothing private from God. God knows everything. It doesn't matter if you want him to or not. He's not prying. He just knows, (laughs) you know. So he can't help that. (laughs) So, and then... So God is merciful. He can and he will save you. It says that if you turn to him in Deuteronomy 4.29 through 31, let me get there. You can tell when someone's righteous because their Bible will open by itself. (laughs) So, (laughs) okay. Deuteronomy 4.29 through 31. Uh, So let's see, 26... 
29. But from there you will search again for the Lord your God, and if you search for him with all your heart and soul, you will find him. In the distant future, when you are suffering all these things, you will finally return to the Lord your God. Listen to what he tells you. Yeah, for the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon you or destroy you or forget the solemn covenant he made with your ancestors. So when God makes a promise, it's lasting, it's firm, it doesn't go away. Um, and then, let's see, I think Romans 10, 9 through 13. I'm not sure why I wrote that. Oh, we'll see what that one is. Uh, oh, yeah. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Sometimes, you know, you feel like you're not loved, but I think sometimes we put ourselves into a place where we feel like God doesn't love us. But the problem is, I think that we don't love God all too often. That's our own fault, you know? So uh, nothing can separate you from God's love. So uh, let's see. And yeah, nine. Let me find it. I'm looking. Hold on a second. Three, nine, three, eighteen. Oh, Romans eight thirty eight through 39, I think, is what it was. That's what it is. That's why I can't find it. Okay. Um, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor their angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be ever able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So it says right there in the Bible, you can't be separated from God's love. You can run, but you can't hide. You know, it's there. You got to accept it. It's better if you do. And so, I mean, I know even in my life, you know, accepting God's love was probably the best thing I ever did because without it, you're bitter, you're depressed, life sucks. <laughs> so this is why <laughs> you should come to God. So, <laughs> but and I think that's about all I have. I really didn't prepare a long message, and I'm not a good public speaker, but I had a couple words, so I'm done. That was awesome. Great job, Miguel. Yeah, we were sitting in Devo, and Miguel kept saying stuff, and I'm like, boy, what are you talking about? It's like this revelation was coming out of him. He was doing one of our Devos, and we were all just like staring at him like, who is this guy? So, man, we're just so thankful for Miguel, a.k.a. Dr. Fresh. His, that's his nickname. <laughs> okay, I got to tell you about Dr. Fresh. Uh, <laughs> During one of our skits, there's uh, like a boyfriend, and he's like a really like schlummy boyfriend, you know? And he wears um, this like flat bill hat that says fresh on it. And when I, it's not, 
that's not what I meant. Uh, but he, well, he's a mean boyfriend. And so, uh, it says fresh on the hat and Miguel was our, our boyfriend. And so we all just started calling him Dr. Fresh. <laughs> so he'll uh, never leave that one. So, um, I'm going to introduce our next youth and her name is Brittany Cannon. And, um, I wanted to pick somebody like, you know, just like uh, would sw- sideswipe you a little bit because this little girl's a fireball, and uh, she's got a lot of God in her. And uh, you might not know it just from being around her because she's so sweet and like you know docile and just like oh yes sir yes sir. But like when the Holy Spirit gets on her, she's just like I'm just like all right. So <laughs> so man, resurrection power coming through this girl. So I'm really excited for her to share. And here you go. Well, first of all, I just want to start off with talking about how absolutely amazing this trip was. I was really afraid at first to go out and do everything that Ben was telling us to do. But I remember the first day, um, Eric, Kylie, and I were on a team. And we went to this little village, and we prayed for this little old lady. And she, she was just the sweetest thing. But she had been having pain in her knee for seven years. And we went down, we prayed for her, and she was just completely healed of that almost immediately after we were done praying. <laughs> And um, one of the the thing that I really think that this trip um, put on my heart was just how amazing and powerful God is. And um, something that really stood out to me is a lot of times older people, they don't want to come up for prayer. They don't want to because they think, oh, well, I'm like, I'm 80 years old. I'm supposed to have a cane. You know, I'm supposed to have pain in my legs. I'm supposed to have pain in my back. But she was still willing to go up there. Well, we went to her but she was still she was still willing to accept prayer and have us pray for her and she was really touched and really moved when she was completely healed but um just i feel like god's power a lot of people kind of underrate it and it's uh, i can't think of my words right now okay but um I was talking with uh, Dominique last night, and uh, when we were praying for the missions trip, Caleb told us, he was like, um, he said, bring the demon-possessed God, bring the hurt, bring the sick, bring every, bring all these people. And my mind was like, oh my gosh, I'm not powerful enough for that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm 16 years old. I just, this is my first missions trip. I've never healed anybody. Like, I was putting it on myself. Um, and I give too much credit to the devil's power in my head. It's God is really powerful. There's no one more powerful than God. And then the devil, there's no one more powerful than the devil over God. That was how it was in my head. So I was completely terrified. I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'll stand back and I'll let Caleb do the praying. But, uh, when I was talking with God and I was praying with him, well, praying to him, um, I'm really sorry, guys. I had this, I had this planned out in my head. It's just not working out for me today. Um, (laughs) but, um, he told me, you are so much more powerful than the devil. You have my resurrection power living inside of you. Anybody with God's resurrection power is 
more powerful than the devil. The only one who has to be afraid is him. You don't have to be afraid. I, I know that the people in Zacatecas are probably sick of me talking about this, but fear is the number one thing that stops you from doing what God wants you to do. And fear, ugh, it makes me so angry. I hate fear so much. And I'm like the number one person to have fear. I'm the first person who will back out of something out of fear. But um, with God, you don't have to be afraid. God is so powerful. God gave you the power why are you afraid? I have no idea why I'm afraid. <laughs> if God's got my back. Well, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. She's so funny because she's all like, I'm not doing a good job. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. She's our little fireball. And I like, she's just so sweet and precious. I've heard rumor that she's ornery, but I'm like, what? That's not true. Never, never seen that. Cornell. Oh my gosh, your dad is ratting you out right now. <laughs> oh, uh, we love all these kids. Um, Caleb and I just want to wrap it up for you guys and, um, share a little bit of what really touched us on the trip. So Caleb's going to go first. I am. <laughs> uh, for me, it's, it's interesting going from being like someone on a mission trip and then someone who's helping lead a mission trip and then someone who has to keep all these people alive. And you're just like, oh, no. So there's like a different like levels. You're like stair stepping. You're going up. And for me, my heart on this trip was I wanted to see these people realize that Anybody can do this. Anybody can, can partner with the Holy Spirit and see the kingdom of God come. Anybody can do it. All you have to do is believe you can, that God wants to do it through you, step out in faith and love somebody. That's all it takes. That's all. It, be willing. Be willing. And, and I just so saw this in them. As, and I was like shocked a lot of times. I was like, man. <laughs> I was like, these kids are are so open and so free. And I, I think we, we allow ourselves to get on our haunches in life. And there's something about stepping out and doing the uncomfortable. It's like that resurrection life just starts rattling your cage inside. And I feel like for each one of these kids, like, I don't know, would you guys say that you're ever going to be the same after this trip? Something clicks when you start to activate the kingdom. When you start to activate by faith what's available in the kingdom, something changes in you. Something is affected. There is a transformation that happens when you step into the things of God. And we so saw it in them. And just we just let them loose after a while. At first, you know, it's kind of like, all right, guys, I'm going to make sure you guys aren't, you know, failing here. <laughs> it's like, no offense, guys. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Over-exaggeration. But, but I just saw that, that the Holy Spirit would just swoop them up and just be like, okay, go love these people. And we, would, we saw so many people healed. Uh, I think we saw probably over 30 people receive salvation for the first time. A lot of them on one-on-one -on -one encounters. Uh, one of my favorite things was on the last day, there was this guy, and I felt like the Lord was going, go send some kids to him. And we sent some kids, and he was sitting here, and then there was a lady in a wheelchair here. And he's sitting on just on this uh, little curb thing, and they go up to him, and he starts receiving Christ. And so there's another team that goes to this lady in the wheelchair, and she starts receiving Christ. And after, we find out they're married. At the same time, God brought salvation to a married couple. The exact same moment. 
It's just so simple. And we saw uh, encounter, encounter, encounter like that. And guys, it's nothing special about us. All it was is we stepped out in faith. That's it. We just made ourselves available. That's why I want to encourage you to, to step out in missions. There's resurrection power flowing on the inside of you if you've said yes to Jesus. That's all it takes. And so when you step out, you know, just be brave and say, you know what? I can do it too. I mean, if little 15, 16 year olds can do it, man, I can do it. Of course. No offense, guys, but <laughs> the Lord is real. He's powerful. He's ready to equip you and to send you out. Um, we saw them operating in the prophetic. The, uh, Bethany was praying over this couple. They were, uh, we had all the youth leaders from, uh, this collaboration of churches at this youth conference. We got to pray for all of these kids. And it was like one of those things where you're like, I, I don't feel super anointed right now. You know, I don't feel super powerful right now. But as soon as you could like lay hands on people, people would be like, ah, just like the Holy Spirit be on them. I'm like, all right, good, good. <laughs> I was like, God, you're real. You're real. You're real. You know, and, and just so we just saw so much ministry happen and, and Bethany's praying for a couple and she just gets a word of knowledge, you know, and a word of knowledge is God telling you information about somebody as a, as a way to bridge him to them. It, it, he's telling you something about them, very specific to connect their heart with his heart. And so she had this word of knowledge, you know, about them wanting a child and they had been trying and she just had it right away. And she uh, was saying, you know, the Lord isn't saying no, he's just saying not yet. And they're just like, just crying and crying and God just touching the deep places in people, the deep desires in people. And we just saw that time and time again. And honestly, I'm just, I'm kind of still in shock a little bit. Cause it's like, wow, there was such a, it just blew up. You know, I mean, we prepared, we did our prayer. Um, you know, we, we were faithful for what we were given and it, it's just amazing what God will do with you guys. Like you guys can do it. You, you absolutely have everything inside of you that you need. That There's a life of resurrection. It's not just that Jesus resurrected. It's that we were born again. We were resurrected into life and to power of the Holy Spirit. And anyone that's walked into this room today in the sound of my voice, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you if you've received Christ. You have that power to step out in faith and change somebody's life. Um, well, I first would like to say too, um, Caleb and I, it was such an honor to get to take the kids that we did and everything was, I, I was in the same boat as Caleb. Like I used to be on these trips and I used to help with these trips, but then now I'm responsible for all this money, all these passports, all these lives. And it's like, ugh, you know, I was like, so this is why everybody was always on edge. Like I know now, um, but everything went awesome. Like there was just grace for everything we did. Everybody was always together. Nobody got sick. Everybody was kind. We were invited back. We didn't overstay our welcome or like Ben and Deanna weren't like, okay, let's go. All right. It's Saturday. Thank God you're leaving. Yeah. Um, and, but honestly, I have to say kudos to parents, you parents here. You guys have some awesome, awesome kids. You have done a fantastic job. And, um, as awesome it is as it is for Caleb and I to get to work with them. We don't get to take the credit for that, man. You guys have, you guys are the ones that have to go home with them every night. You guys are the ones that live with them every day. And so we just say thank you and keep doing what you're doing. Um, cause they were tremendous on the trip and Ben and Deanna told us over and over again, man, I don't think anybody has complained. And our picky eaters, they ate everything. And even some of our picky eaters ate a squirrel that we shot while we were on the mountains. <laughs> I didn't do that. No, thanks. 
Caleb was like, I want to challenge everybody to eat something that you wouldn't usually eat. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't apply to me because I ain't, I ain't eating no squirrel. And so... Um, anyway, if I could just say anything, man, where do you begin on stuff like this? I've been on many trips and this one was our first one, obviously, to like lead. And it was just, it was awesome to get to sit back and just watch them just like go for it. And it, it's so true. Um, we went, Ben picked us up from the airport and then we went to their house. We dropped off our luggage and he was like, okay, we're going to go to this village. Oh, also, you know that saying that people have like, man, we've been going just a hundred miles per hour all week. No, we were really going 100 miles per hour all week on dirt roads and all other kind of roads in this big rickety van. And we were all just like, Shonda, Shonda, Shonda. And Ben's just like driving like it ain't no thing. I'm like, how fast are we going right now? <laughs> There's some cows in the road. Maybe we should slow down. Um, we drop off our luggage at Ben's house and then we get in the van to go to this village, which on the way to the village, Ben is proceeding to tell us that like a block away is another village where the last people were stoned no, and not, they were threatened to be stoned. And then like, if we came there again, and he sends me to that village. I'm like, what the heck, man? <laughs> You guys, you also remember that one time before we left when Pastor CJ was all like, yeah, Ben's been shot out in Mexico. Yeah, we were thinking about that while we were in the van on the way to a place right next door to a village where they don't like people like us at all. But a quick note, I actually, we got invited to, in that that area, we got invited to pray for a um, a terminally ill man. He had a brain tumor. They There was like 10 or 15 of his family members in there. He's on his deathbed and they just invited us right in to pray for him in that village, in that village. So praise God, man. That's how open it was. He was like on his deathbed and uh, he couldn't speak and he was like totally out of it because the tumor had basically knocked out his uh, cognitive functions. And as we were praying for him, he started to get responsive and he started to make sounds. So he was like looking at us. So, yep. 